Hello, good evening and welcome to The Game Is About Glory. My name is Steph and joining me are Gareth, Awesome and Milo. Hello, chaps. Hi, yeah. Good morning. Ahoy, ahoy. Very good. Indeed. How are you all? I hope it's uh, all going well. I'm enjoying uh, whiskey because I am still in the UK. So uh, before I go any further, if it sounds to you like I am speaking from the bottom of a goldfish bowl or even a toilet bowl, given some of what I've been spouting recently, many apologies. I am leaving London tomorrow in the morning and thus the usual crystal clarity you expect from my audio will once again be present thanks to re-establishing over 5,000 miles between us. Right. <laughs> this week, International Week that it was, we get the chance to explore a fun subject in the world of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. And tonight that will be the concept of memorialising legendary players or managers, whether with statues or naming stands. You probably think that it's a pretty easy and straightforward topic. Ha <laughs> ha! Fools! We believe it is far more nuanced as you will soon hear. First though, we have our intro question and the week that was. So without further ado, or further ado for that matter, ado 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 this week's intro question... What's the one football prediction that you got horribly wrong? Milo, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I th- thought the um, selling Elvis and buying the Beatles, I thought the Beatles were going to be bigger than Elvis. A cryptic, so, yeah. a cryptic and, uh, and, and people scrambling to see what, uh, what you're referring to. Of course, I know exactly what you're referring to. The Magnificent Seven that we replaced Bale with, I thought that was money well spent at the time. Yeah. Yeah, and in fairness, uh, we did get uh, we didn't quite get an Elvis. We did get an Eddie Cochran out of the deal, right? I mean, maybe a Buddy Holly. I mean, was was Christian Eriksen our Buddy Holly? Yeah, I'm try- I was trying to th- think quickly on my feet then for who Eric and Lamella could be in our um, in our rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, who would he be? Gene Vincent. Yeah, sweet Gene Vincent, actually. Yeah, yeah. White face, black shirt, black shorts, uh, probably spiky purple <laughs> hair, whatever. Yeah, sweet Eric Lamella. That's a tribute to Ian Jury. Uh, Gareth, bring you in uh, before Milo and I just sing our way through this entire episode. Uh, go on. It's kind of, kind of a prediction. I, I was told in quite good faith by someone who I, who I thought was very much in the know that Martin O'Neill was going to become our manager in 2004 when it eventually became Jack Santini. And I wouldn't get away with answering this question any otherwise. I know some of my friends will be listening in. And um, I, I would encourage them heartedly to go and plump their £8.50 on Betfair that Martin O'Neill would be our new manager. And became badly unstuck when Jack Santini was announced instead. Yeah, I mean, you know, not a big difference. Yes. So, are we? Are we? Uh, to assume that there was is that is that verging on insider uh, insider trading? Could you have been? Uh, could you have been tabbed for that? Perchance? Could you have been in trouble? I got in trouble with my mates for it. <laughs> still talking about it. Seventeen years on, still think this is my first round at the bar every time. As a result, every time. <laughs> How many? How many people well, did you tell? Every time. Well, I mean, I mean, to be fair, we probably only go to the bar once a year now, so it's, it's not perhaps as frequent as I'm making it out to people. <laughs> a terrible prediction. Yes, uh, and actually, you couldn't have got it more wrong, really, could you? Because <laughs> regardless of what I said, mine O'Neill and Jack Santini are rather different. <laughs> uh, awesome. I'm going to go with the, uh, the the great Soldado being uh, the answer to our striking solutions. I was, I was. <laughs> I was sure from the volleys I'd seen him slamming in for Valencia that um, that he really was going to be great. And I kind of stuck with it. I, I Even when Kane started to emerge, I was like, this guy's got nothing on Soldado still. And um, yeah, it's one of those getting it wrong that just keeps on giving, basically. Because uh, Soldado, I just checked, his seven goals in 52 games for us really was not, not what we were hoping for. Let me allow you to enjoy an optimistic perspective of your uh, uh, admittedly uh, feeble failure in predicting that uh, properly. <laughs> you have, with such a feeble failure, actually reminded us all 
that Soldado is someone we need to thank for Harry Kane's emergence. Imagine mm. if he'd actually fulfilled your prediction. We would have no Harry Kane. So thank you. True. Thank you very much. You, sir, are a hero. Excellent. OK, we've established that. I, of course, cannot just have one. I'm going to have two. Uh, Nabil Bentaleb <laughs> being a future Tottenham Hotspur skipper. Yes, on the money, as you can see. And, of course, the most tragic failure of mine was showing up in Madrid absolutely convinced that we were going to win the Champions League final. Uh, let's just move on quickly, shall we? We are not allowed to have nice things, as I said in the first minute. OK, let's start now with the week that was. And uh, international duty saw Hugo Lloris pick up his second major honour as captain of France as they beat Spain in the Nations League final at the San Siro Stadium in Milan. Um, guys, he did make a rather tasty save in the 95th minute, did he not? Oh, yeah, it was something else, wasn't mm. it? He had a really good game. Yeah, he did. Anyone else see that save? Yeah, he made an amazing save as well. I think it was in the, the game before. Belgium. One metre out. It was Kevin De Bruyne, wasn't it? Mm. Like one, one or two metres out, strong left hand. It was an incredible save. And yeah, I'd also add that Benzema's goal to win that was absolutely amazing. Mm. Gareth. Good luck to him. He made a number of... It wasn't just the one save. It was a number of saves. And it's those typical reflex saves that he's so good at as well. Um, I've been, Hugo Lloris is a topic in its, its own to discuss on another occasion, I think. But we take him for granted. You see how good he is that he's still France's number one. And does his contract run out with us at the end of at the end of this season? Or it's pretty close to running down? He wants an extension. You know, give it to him. Yeah. Mm. Give it to him. But yeah. Absolutely. Serge Aurier joined Villarreal this week to hook up with Unai Emery again and former Spurs, one Foyth and Etienne Capoue. Yes, Etienne Capoue was another failure. I thought he was going to be brilliant for us, but um, he's a success there, though. He released a statement on his Instagram account saying goodbye to us and addressing some of the rumours about him considering joining that lot down the road. And uh, I'm going to try and just find that particular quote. You should look up the quote on social media, Serge uh, wrote a short essay actually it was really touching but I do like this I have never seen myself at another club in England if not at your place and I didn't see myself joining the enemy even less because I have too much respect for our club our history and for all our moments shared together you have shown unfailing support during these four seasons and I really want to thank you because you've given me so much Serge I just want you to know I did always show you unfailing support and I'm in no way a hypocrite for saying that Anyone else want to join me in that? Didn't have to say anything, did he? He could have just signed the contract with Villarreal and let bygones be bygones. So yeah, I'm not sure he's a player that in 20 years we're gonna we're gonna remember as a great. But he's he's left on nice terms with us. No, I... Enough of this holistic review. Where's the outpouring of affection and love and and hypocrisy? Telling us all that you loved him all the time. Come on, he's done the same to us. Let's give him the same back. <laughs> I don't know, I'm perhaps being a little bit cynical. Maybe it's just that Arsenal <laughs> didn't offer him a contract before Villarreal did. But um... <laughs> Nothing like a good doll uh, dollop of honesty there. Anyone else agree? I mean, he claims he was an Arsenal fan, doesn't he? I think there was always those rumours. So if he if he has come out with that quote, then I suppose we should, we should probably be grateful. I'll, I'll certainly miss him as a right-back. I think given our experience with right-back since um, the Trippier and Walker days, he's he's probably the best of the bunch since then you know obviously he's got mistakes in him but all in all he's a, he is a good right back I think he often did look at home in the Champions League and his mistakes weren't as common as I suppose the labels suggested he's a good left back a uh, good right back you know <laughs> yeah after all that get the side right <laughs> decent signing for Villarreal yep. okay. especially at that price I'll miss him Milo I won't I don't rate him excellent I love it <laughs> 
I think there's always an error in him. He's too inconsistent. I think it was definitely time to move him on. Yeah, he might do well in Spain, but I don't think. I, I think we've got. A, I think Emerson is a better signing, a better player than he is. Yeah. Um, or certainly looks it. Yeah. So. But still. Yeah. Thanks very much for saying what you said, Serge. Really appreciate yeah. it. And I have to say, just on the back of that, I don't know if any of you, um, no, my old man said be an Arsenal fan, and I said, uh, I said the N17 Arena opened this week. That's what I said. Uh, located to the southeast of the stadium, it consists of too many pitches and astroturf. A playing surface made from over eighteen thousand recycled trainers, which will host a range of free sporting activities for the local community. N17 Arena will also be used to deliver match day activities and events, and hopefully to create uh, some heroic. New players. Local primary schools will select gifted and talented students aged 6 to 11. You know, I'm just going to stop waffling because, Gareth, I think you might know a little more about this. So fill us in briefly. Yes, my my understanding, I heard this from a pretty good source. Not the same source that told me Martin O'Neill was going to run the (laughs) N17 arena, just just for the record here. It's a very, very different source. And this one is is directly from the horse's mouth. There's going to be a couple of pitches down there. One is going to be of use exclusively for the foundation, uh, which is the the award-winning community program that the club runs. The second pitch will be used by the academy. So the academy has got its um, it's got its got long-reaching tentacles um, that it's trying to reach out and to discover and identify those most talented players from the from the local area. And in particularly North London, it is an absolute. It's a, it's a hot pot of talent. You've just got to go out there and you've got to find it. And a lot of the, a lot of the youngsters in North London and, well, and indeed suburban London don't necessarily have access to, um, to the facilities at the training ground, which is up at Enfield. They don't necessarily grow up in communities where there's a grassroots team that they can go and join. So by having facilities like this and through the club really trying to work proactively with local primary schools and local community groups, it enables them to just to try and have a look at and get their academy coaches to set their eyes on some potentially really talented players that the club can pick up literally on their doorstep and um, and filter them through into that elite and academy system. Brilliant. The final piece of the week that was, the NFL came to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. 60,000 people saw the Atlanta Falcons beat the New York Jets 27-20 at White Hart Lane on Sunday. Because it was the international break, it was the largest attendance at a sporting event in England last weekend. We have NFL at the weekend again this weekend, or at the stadium this weekend even, if I can read and do a shitty American accent at the same time without fucking it all up. Uh, as the Jacksonville Jaguars take on the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. Kerching, buddies. Kerching, baby. Money in our beer taps, into our pockets, going into the Tottenham team. What do we think? Yep, great. <laughs> <laughs> Just get the fuck on with it, right? I don't really care about NFL. Happy to take their money. (laughs) Right. We are now at the main part of our pod tonight, chaps, which is the whole idea of, you know, a tribute to a legendary uh, club figure, whether that be a player, a manager, whoever. You know, this can come in the form of a statue. It can come in the form of naming a stand. I mean, you know, I guess you could name an avenue or a street behind the ground, all of these things. And, you know, Jimmy Greaves' recent passing got us thinking about honouring the club legends and whether we should have a statue outside the ground or name a stand in his honour. And then it got us, you know, thinking about this a bit more and opening up, you know, the parameters for that. There is a club museum that's due to open shortly. Its uh, opening has been delayed by COVID. You know, is this where we should put, you know, uh, mementos to Robbie Keane 
pointing and uh, press a little button and you'll shout maybe as well, uh, you know, or Scotty Parker, you know, on a continual pirouette, like moving around maybe, uh, you know, or even a nice life-size uh, copper bust of a, or sorry, sorry, life-size bronze bust of Lamella standing on Fabregas's hand. So our question tonight, who would you like to see honoured at the new stadium and what is the best way of doing this? Obvious candidates, chaps. Sir Bill Nick, Danny Blanchflower, Jimmy Greaves, Glenn Hoddle, Steve Perryman, and uh, the most uh, obvious of all would surely be Maurizio Pochettino, wouldn't it? Okay, let's go round the table here. Uh, and I'm going to start with you, Awesome. Should it be a rare honour only given to the very greatest servants of the club? Having a statue, yeah, I'd say so. Otherwise, it's going to be a bit a bit littered with uh, with bronzes around the, around the ground. But I think there's definitely room for room for a couple. Um, I think more so than just having uh, tributes in in the club museum. I think having a statue or two around the stadium is is a, is a good touch. I think I like I like grounds around the world where there are one or two, but I think it is a balancing act. You don't want it to be overwhelmed. One idea I had was combining things. So you know maybe maybe in the future you'd go Sun and Kane rather than just. Just your cane. You know, just going back to what you were saying, I think Greaves is certainly a candidate. You know, you list a lot of names there that, you know, Birkenshaw probably deserves his own or his own gate. But I mean, I guess I guess the point being, and, and I just to pin you on this, yeah, do you only give it to the greatest servants? So, you know, do we look at Robbie Keane, who is obviously a big name and has done great things for us? But, you know, do we say, ah, good on you, but this is only really going to be available to three, possibly four people? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think you can go giving them out to the Keens of the world. Um, you've got to draw a line. OK, very good. And, I mean, I've got to ask you, Gareth, do you think there's anyone in the Premier League era that is worthy of being honoured off the back of that question? No, I, I don't think there is at the moment. Um, they potentially, Harry Kane may well become the club's leading goal scorer of all time. I mean, the problem is if you make a statue of someone because they're the leading appearance holder or the leading goal scorer of all time, at some point that's going to be surpassed, presumably. So what do you do? Do you take down the Steve Perryman statue and replace it with the um, Oliver Skip statue in 2047 when he's um, played more than 859 games for us? Um, the, the, I always like the clubs, the concepts of the Hall of Fame that they set up, which seems to have died of death a little bit. And they always used to be, and you, you may have been down there, in the old players' tunnel at White Hart Lane, when you turned in that door, they had the picture wall up there of all the players who largely had been honoured through Hall of Fame. Um, dinner or an, uh, uh, you know, an, uh, an event. And I'm not even sure whether the Hall of Fame is still up on the club's website in the list of players that, that are in there. So maybe I think they should look to resurrect that because the concept of the Hall of Fame, I think, was was fantastic. I mean, some of them perhaps need to be means tested. Uh, I know Stefan Freund was included in there as a, you know, as, as a cult hero. Milo, you're going to get the, the, the what I think is probably the easiest question uh, uh, of all of these to think about. You know, what about this current squad? Who are you going to honour? Is anyone honourable? Picking up what Gareth was saying there about the kind of Hall of Fame, presumably that's partly what the club museum will be covering. And I think, you know, undoubtedly within that, you're going to have stuff around the Champions League final or what have you, which means a fair chunk of the current squad or, you know, recently departed squad would be in there. I think, you know, maybe Keane's in consideration if, if he if he becomes club's highest goal scorer and uh, Premier League highest goal scorer. I think that possibly puts him in that that category, but he's probably the only one, isn't he? Unless Unless we win something in the next few years. Hugo, I mean, although it is most of his exploits are in an international stage, didn't he just kick into the leading appearance in the Premier League for us as well? In, in the Premier League, though, he's he's a long way behind Perriman, though, as a as club record hold as club appearances. 
there is the question and and you know Luton had brought this up that you know there are um you know some in some uh, belief systems and some cultures the whole idea of a statue is a uh, is is slightly sort of egregious and and uh, you know it's a shame he's not here tonight to explain a little more clearly than I can I, so I'm going to avoid trying to explain and just accept it as a fact um you know I, I will say that in America recently, there has been somewhat of a, of a rebellion against statues, especially, you know, to offensive figures and so on and so forth. I mean, not saying that, well, actually, some of the current squad, if they got a statue, it could be considered an offensive one. But, you know, jokes aside, I mean, that's obviously a slightly different topic. But I guess the whole idea of statues as the only way that you uh, appreciate or venerate a club legend. Mm. I mean, what about the naming of a stand? I mean, could that possibly be more impactful? And why don't we look into the reasons why that's becoming harder and harder? So Manchester United named two of their centres, the Bobby Charlton stand, which is the South stand, and then the op- the big one opposite is called the Sir Alex Ferguson stand, isn't it? And Liverpool have got the Kenny Dalglish stand, which I think is possibly the new main stand of, of the side opposite. So, you know, I, I don't think it's a tacky gesture to do it um, I mean often you probably associate it with I don't know going to somewhere like Stockport and seeing that there's the John Worthington stand behind the goal who was a director back in the 1940s um, but I, th- I think there's some <laughs> the David Fishwick stand at Burnley I think is one Burnley, I that was the one I think I was looking for yeah <laughs> yeah and the Bob Lord stand at Bur- well, we're talking turf more Surely the best one with this was when City had the uh, poll as to what they should call it, and there, and there was a lot of votes for the bell end, wasn't there? <laughs> Colin Bell end, yeah. Ex- exceptional. Oh my word, Man City uh, has just gone up in my estimation. That's great. I've never heard that before. It was brilliant. I, yeah, I think it ended up being the. I think they changed it to the Colin Bell stand or something like that. But yeah, there, there was loads of votes for the bell end. And I have no doubt that that stand was firmly along the touchline. It was not behind the goal, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> to avoid any any abbreviation. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it feels like a, getting your own stand is up a level from getting your own statue. I think that, that Sir Alex yeah. Ferguson one is the, the pinnacle of football tributes, isn't it, in so England? I think you're, re- you're really in kind of Bill Nick territory there, aren't you? Mm. And we've I got a blank so. canvas to work from, obviously, at the moment. You know, we've got four unnamed... We've got an unnamed stadium, let alone a, an unnamed stand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that actually brings up uh, a question. Uh, you know, do you think the club's reluctance is because they're trying to keep the branding in any way to a minimum, or if not the branding to a minimum, you know, leave it open for someone else to come in and buy. I mean, we are in an era where it seems that increasingly every inch of a shirt is being purchased. I mean, it might have a bearing on uh, multi as a multi-use venue. It also might have a bearing on bringing a stadium sponsor in. If you've already named it already and, and people are calling parts of the stand by a name, it might decrease the value of those rights as well. So that might be a consideration. I mean, having said that, for the American football yesterday where the um Star Spangled Banner was sung from the Skywalk next to the um next to the Cockrell and that was you know gonna be wide it was widely shown in the States and would have been fantastic publicity for us. Really, really good profile raising stuff for the club. I agree. I mean I think that's one of the things I'm thinking is that, you know, you name a stand, like and I'll give you a scenario. It would be like, you know, if it was the Bill Nicholson stand, you would have for an American audience. You know, looking across at the magnificent Bill Nicholson stand, uh, Bill Nicholson, a 
Tottenham Hotspur legend, the first manager ever to lead a UK team to the double. You know, I mean, it would be great. I mean, it gives you an opportunity. Whereas a statue outside the ground is really not going to get much attention. I mean, the one statue I always think of that is quite impressive is the, is, is, uh, the Bill Shankly one. That sort of makes sense. But then I think of what those, you know, tossers down the road have. You know, have mm. they got like several statues? Have they got one for Henri yeah, and one have. for this? I mean, that is, it, it looks like a shit theme park. It looks like, the, yeah. actually, it's the Dismaland of football, isn't it? Yeah, the, 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 the new ones that City put up as well, where they've got, players have only recently left it feels a bit what's that one david silver i think isn't it vincent company wasn't it hang on are you telling me david silver's got a statue uh, but i think kind of recently departed players i, I don't think I, I think you've got to give um a period of time to c- kind of assess them haven't you really and see how they fit in rather than someone who's reti- retired relatively recently yeah yeah like i said they're also they're also very hard to make look good um i mean there's countless examples of people oh. seeing their statue and it's just <laughs> Barely recognisable, borderline comic. There's that Ronaldo mm. one, right? Where's that mm. one? The Ronaldo one's great at the airport. I mean, obviously, the Michael <laughs> Jackson one that uh, Fulham had was great. Oh, <laughs> sensational. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with Letizia, he's got a side street. It's not quite like having a stand, but there's a side street near St. Mary's called Letizia Way, which is when they knocked down a the side old Dell. Street? Yeah, it's mm. where they knocked down the old Dell. And, um... Absolute crap. I mean, that mm. is... Yeah, when I first went to Louisville, Kentucky, I was really fascinated to see what tribute there'd been to uh, to Muhammad Ali. And he had an alleyway named after him. It was came, coming out from the back of a hotel where all the dumps, dumpsters were. I was absolutely appalled. Um, I, I'm sure they've done much more for him since, but this was back yeah. in the early 90s. I remember this. Do you remember that there was Bill Nicholson Way before the stadium was knocked down? Mm. So it was the little road leading up between the Red House and the... Um, what was the name of the pub on the corner um, of the high road that actually led up to the gates? That was called Bill Nicholson Way, which you know is gone now. You mean by the nightclub? Rudolph's, yeah. <laughs> Rudolph's. That's what. That's where Daniel's missing a trick. If he actually opened, a, 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 if he reopened Rudolph's inside the stadium, for he'd have some custom. <laughs> <laughs> Re- replicate the Rudolph's experience inside the new White Hart Lane. Oh my word! Leave it open till eleven o'clock at night. It'll be something. But I, I digress. Yes, Bill Nicholson Way, we have it. So why do we not have it somewhere now? It must, I mean, I can only come back to the fact that perhaps we do consider any naming uh, in that sense to be a potential sale uh, cancelled. Yeah, well, it can't be beyond the realms of um, the possibility of having a road renamed. You think there's no such thing as Paxton Road anymore either, is there? That yeah. road went once the stadium was built over the top of it. Yeah. The, um, the the railway station, the one closest to the stadium, which is still called White Hart Lane Station, that by all accounts, that was those names, that name was up for grabs a couple of yeah, years ago, right. I think. We we put in a bid to, or a proposal for us to be able to um, name it the same as the stadium, so the same as Arsenal have got and. Um, uh, the cable car crossing across the uh, Thames um, also had similar naming based around the sponsorship. So I think that's something that we were looking to do. I mean, you could easily name the plaza to the south of the stadium. That could be named after someone easily enough, couldn't it? You could have Bill Nicholson Plaza or something like that. I mean, the name that keeps on coming up, and I know that we're going to get to this uh, soon, but the name that keeps on coming up is is, is Bill Nicholson. I mean, that is the name yeah. that keeps on coming up. I mean, of all the playing staff, you know, I, I think that, it's incongruous not to think that Danny Blanchflower would be the statue. I mean, he has come out with possibly the greatest quote associated with the club in terms of mm. style and, and, and what we 
purport and feel ourselves to be about. So, I mean, surely he would be the, the player, but... Um, yeah, I mean, the, the idea I had, Steph, I shared with you during the week was um, Dave Mackay, the famous picture of him with Billy Bremner, <laughs> but don't have Billy Bremner in there. So you've got Mackay with his fist grip, life-size, and then fans could go along and put their shirt into Mackay's hand and have a photo taken um, in, in the Bremner pose, which I think... Would be a lovely, a lovely addition to the uh, to the to the whole day out. <laughs> uh, Daniel, Daniel, um, yeah. Just if you want to get Milo's contact information and 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 you know hire him for consultancy on that uh, marketing opportunity, you can reach out to me. I'll put you guys in touch. Um, yeah. I, well, you know, if, you know, Daniel obviously is a regular listener to our pod. I don't think people <laughs> understand that, um, and he is absolutely salivating at the thought of that. Uh, because aside from being, you know, if I can actually also be part of that, I wonder if there's a way that we could have you put your foot inside sort of a shadow of Eric Lamella's boot as he stands on Fabregas's hand. You think there's a chance you could do that? We could have a whole series. I mean, if Arsenal are going to have a series of shit statues of players that nobody gives a toss about, why don't we do the same but have fun with it like you're suggesting? <laughs> What other, what other tremendous, you know, we're onto something here. You know, if you're going to have statues, have fun with them. What other great moments would we have uh, like that, I wonder? Crouch's goal against City. <laughs> great. Mm. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to. <laughs> you, you could get mugged off by the Dulux dog. That was a great, infamous moment in recent history, isn't it? <laughs> we're up to four fun statues already. And at a tenner a photo, I mean, you know, you're, yeah. you're roping it in, isn't it? What's the free one? What's the one you can do for free? Maybe an Enoch out placards. <laughs> like, give the guys a weekend off and we could uh, just have a statue there. <laughs> What's the free one? What would be the free uh, interactive Tottenham Hotspur statue? And by the way, we are going to trademark that. The uh, interactive Tottenham Hotspur tribute statue collection as brought to you by the Gamers About Glory. <laughs> Tony Parks, you could be Tony Parks. Dive, you could like put diving to save the save. I said, so you could, you could be Naeem from the halfway line, oh. just with a David Seaman flailing backwards. I like that. Um, you'd have Seaman because you'd have Seaman painted on a small backdrop miles mm. away, right? And you, yeah, that would be quite good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, uh, it's an idea that I think the club should explore <laughs> because I think it's quite fun. Uh, maybe I need more whiskey and maybe we can have even more fun, brilliant ideas, you see. Um, but, you know, in all seriousness, uh, first and foremost, I'll put you, you all on the spot. Name a stand or erect a statue. What's your preference? I would say at this stage, given the things that we've got to sort of celebrate, I'm, I wouldn't go with the stand. I'd go with the statue. I think we're more okay. in statue territory given our recent, um, or not recent, uh, last few decades of trophies. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to cheat and go for secret option C, which is to have um, some fairly iconic commentary banded across the middle band of the, of the stadium digitally, of course. So is Gascoigne going to have a crack? I think he is, you know, followed by a still Ricky Velia. I like that. Daniel, uh, you're, you're quids in tonight, mate. The ideas are just flowing from us. That's great, Gareth. I like that. I'm behind that. Yeah, that's a whole other pod. We're going to have to sit down and write what phrases we'd want to see bannered around in between adventures to dairies to do on the Skywalk. Milo, which is it? I think I'd like to see what's going to happen with the museum first and, and what form that takes. I think that might be a, you know, might be appropriate. I'm not a big fan of loads of furniture, you know, or loads of stuff around the stadium. I quite like the fact that the stadium's clean and um, uncluttered. So I know that's not kind of the prevailing view at the moment, but I think a, a you know a club museum might be the way to go. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've got to say, if I was going to go for a statue, I sort of still like the idea of another cockerel in the main plaza, like outside. You know, it's such an iconic 
symbol of the club. I like a like that and like a little plaque that tells you about Harry Hotspur and so on and so forth. The history of the club over maybe mm. any one individual, I think, would be quite good. So we're voting against a statue or a stand, am I correct? For the moment. Okay. Well, that's actually not good enough for me. Now I'm going to pin you on it. A statue has been commissioned. Daniel, probably our uh, most loyal listener, has come to The Game is About Glory to find out who that statue should be. You can only have one choice as to who gets honoured, and that includes you, Steph. Oh, sorry, that's me speaking the third person. <laughs> we'll ignore that on more counts than one. Um, <laughs> you can only have one choice. So, Gareth, who is Daniel going to commission the statue of? He is going to commission the statue of Danny Blanchflower, who in in verbatim and in playing style encapsulated everything that we think the club's DNA should be about. Mm. Milo? You know, not a club le- legend in terms of performances or what have you, but in terms of um, his achievements and um, what he meant, I think something for Walter Toll would be a good move. So he was only, he was only with us for a short time and uh, partly got driven out because of the racism he faced. But I think his achievements, uh, yeah, both as a footballer and um, in the First World War, I think would be uh, uh, appropriate. Awesome. I'm going to go with uh, the Gascoigne free kick. The statue would be as he's taking the free kick. I always remember when I was a kid just how amazing it was that he got his, his right foot up at that perfect sort of right angle with the with the left standing leg. And I think, you know, when I think of that free kick, that kind of is the image or one of the images that, that sticks in my mind. Then there's him running off with, you know, hands in the air and um, semen f- flaying in the goal. But um, yeah, no, the right the right. The right angle kicking position of Gascoigne's free kick would be my my choice of a statue. Uh, That's a nice shout. I think that I'm going to have to agree with Gareth and Danny Blanchflower simply from the perspective of overall history. You know, if I was going to pick a player who meant Tottenham Hotspur to me in my uh, viewing, you know, my viewing era, it would be Glenn Hoddle. But, you know, in fairness, it's got to be Danny Blanchflower. I think it's fascinating that none of us have chosen Steve Perryman who was uh, a tremendous skipper that all of us would have seen. And I think it's also interesting that the only person who's chosen a player that they actually saw play is Orson, uh, which, you know, I, I don't know quite what that says. Maybe you're more practical than us, Orson. Maybe we're a bunch of, you know, dreamy old historians around you. I'm not sure. But uh, it certainly does underscore that, you know, these things are, are not, they're not gimmies. They're not easy. It's not easy to think who should get a statue and who shouldn't. And if you do think it's easy, you're going to end up with that mess down the road, as we say, the dismal end of, uh, of football tributes. If Kane sticks around, then he'd be pretty unlucky not to get a statue if he beats Greaves' record and, you know, becomes our one club, you know, legend. But then Greaves needs to get a statue first. It becomes, it starts to become quite tricky, I think, at that point. I mean, I see your point, but I think it just becomes quite tricky because then you start, like, raiding. I mean, then for me, then, you know, we haven't even mentioned Ricky Villa, score of the greatest goal in club history. Uh, you know, it starts it starts to get a little more tricky. Gary Mabbott, you know, all-round great guy, you know, played. I mean, it, it, you know, actually, when I think about it, if we were to go the Dismaland route, there are quite a few options. But uh, and again, for those of you who don't know why I keep on saying Dismaland and what the reference is, you should look it up. It was a theme park that Banksy put together. Um, and uh, again, uh, I think Arsenal have helped create the football version of it. Uh, so congratulations to them. Right. It seems like we have achieved the impossible dream. A tight recording. Is that right? I think we have, haven't we? 
I know. I mean, look, there's so many more places we could go. There's so many more things we could do and so many more uh, interesting matters to be discussed when it comes to idolatry and so on and so forth. I mean, it's a whole other topic. And I would actually like at some point in the future to get onto that. But Mm. we will wait for when Luton's around because I do think there's a very interesting angle to be taken on on, on, uh, how we recognise footballers and heroes in general. But not now. Now we've come to the end. Thank you, chaps. <laughs> See you later. Cheers, Steph. Cheers, Steph. We'll be back to talk about our game against the newly flushed Newcastle and some other waffle that we cobbled together. Uh, you will hear me in uh, greater clarity than you have the last two weeks. I'd like to uh, thank everyone for their patience uh, with my uh, audio quality, and that includes the people on the pod, podding. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter, so give us a follow and say hello. If you like the pod, please leave a review on iTunes. It really helps us attract new listeners. And if you've listened this far, I just want to say you are a person of quality, taste, intelligence, and endeavour. You are the elite. You are the best. The ultimate listener that a pod could ever want. We are humbled. As always, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Tatty bye. <laughs>